0: Hello everybody and welcome to what is episode 1 of our never ending maybe someday ending series called Stride Pod. And what this is everybody is we have we we had Bree on an episode of the podcast and she had buckets upon buckets of knowledge around physical therapy and all of the things that we as runners love to just google and try to fix for ourselves. But instead, we have Bree. So, we do have Bree, but I will first say hello to Blair. Blair's Hi, over Sean. there.
1: I'm still here. You're still here. Blair's still here. Still, I'm here. still here.
0: Yep. And then we've got Bree. Bree is back. This is Bree's whole thing. So welcome to your thing.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Blair, for having me. I've, I've
0: always wanted a thing. Got a
1: thing now. I'm so excited for
0: it. Yeah, Blair, our, uh, we've, Blair. We've already kind of broken like uh, what I will. Referred to as our fake New Year's resolution of not starting another podcast. And this is why
1: we don't do New Year's resolutions, right? (laughs) (laughs) They never work anyway. They never work out. They're meant to be broken. Something happens. So, exactly.
0: So today our topic, now everybody, the real challenge of these for especially Blair and I is these are gonna be tight. They're gonna be short and concise and to the point because Brie has knowledge and facts and we wanna let her get to those things. So our topic today is foot strike. I kind of posed this thing to Bree of, you know, is there a perfect foot strike? Mm -hmm. I don't think there is, but I wanted to let Bree kind of fill us in on the whole thing of foot strike. So that is our topic today. And Bree, before we really dig into all of this, I I will just say that uh, I even found myself today in my run for a minute when I had like a little niggle of something feeling goofy, I found my brain going, well, maybe I'll just land on my heel. Maybe I'll just pivot (laughs) just a little bit. And then I said, no, I think that I should just be doing my natural gait and not compromising it. So that was a thing that happened to me today, but I will let you kind of dive a little bit into this whole perfect foot strike, quote unquote, controversy, we'll call it.
1: Okay, control. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess the first question and answer would be what is foot strike? Yes. Um, so that's basically when your foot is initially hitting the ground. When, and we're talking about running, obviously, yes. but, and running gait is different than walking gait. But the biggest thing with running is I always say you're jumping from one foot to the other. So you have a flight phase. So yes. when it comes to foot strike, it means, where are we landing so the biggest or there's three different points you can make there's rear foot strike midfoot strike and forefoot strike i'm not going to go into very like specific details in regards to that just know your sure. foot is basically your heel midfoot's the middle of your foot forefoot is like underneath your t- like the ball of your foot um And basically what I thought was really interesting that I found was that evidence shows that people are really bad at guessing what their foot strike actually Uh is. (laughs) I believe that. I believe that. (laughs) Like it was something like 75% of people when asked answered wrong what their foot strike was. Yeah. Which I thought was like really interesting because I feel like everyone kind of has an answer already. Like if I were to ask you guys, like, do you think what kind of foot striker are you? What do you think?
0: You and I now. would say heel. Yeah. I would say rear Yeah. So <laughs> you have a you have like yeah. a I, I just I, opened, I opened up No <laughs> I, I would say uh this is maybe why to your point, 75% of people go, I don't know. I think I'm doing it right. I have big, long legs. And so a lot of people were like, you should really widen your stride and have longer, you know, a a wider gait and things like that. So I started as a heel striker, but I was like striking out in front of my hips. Mm -hmm. So then I was like, that's probably not great. So then I started kind of just doing mid to heel, I'll say. So let's like, I'll say, Back 50%. I'm not a toe striker, (laughs) but I'm not, like, a full-blown heel striker. But
1: Okay, so you're in that gray area, maybe, that midfoot. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say I'm going to kind of keep it to basically rear foot versus forefoot just Mm -hmm. because midfoot is very hard to research because everyone's feet are different and (laughs) where do you draw the line between (laughs) each? So Right. um, But, yeah, so basically... Long story short, there is no perfect foot strike. Um, We can work to alter how your foot lands based off of number of factors, but there is no right way to run in regards to where you land on your foot. Um, Everybody's bodies are different and just not even that, but there's a lot of things that change and alter what your foot does, including what type of shoes you wear and the uh, heel drop. And kind of just what the shoe, like the wear of the shoe, um, your speed, the surface you're running on, if you're running on grass versus concrete versus trails, um, and then obviously your body's mechanics and what's going on at the foot and ankle, but also all the way up the chain.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so one of the questions too, I think that maybe a lot of people have is I know that just in talking to you in some other ways, like and looking at other things too, there's like, I think some people's perceptions of easy running foot strike, faster running foot strike. Do you want to speak to like those things a little bit?
1: Yeah. So, um, the research that I went over, it actually saw that the faster that you go. So as you start to transition more into a sprint, you're going to have more forefoot initial contact. So that's where it's, you kind of have to do what's natural for your body, right? If you're, if, you're just running and you're going kind of easy pace and stuff. Honestly, most of us are heel strikers. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what also I found is that majority, even of the elites, um, the elites are running pretty fast pace for those marathons yeah. and stuff. A lot of them are still heel striking. Um, what you had said earlier, Sean, is actually the perfect example, though, is where heel striking becomes a quote unquote bad thing is when you're over striding. Mm-hmm. So yes. that's like a whole nother issue and could be <laughs> a whole other um stride pod, but
0: yes, yes,
1: um, yeah. So basically, if you're you want to be landing right underneath yourself. So whatever, wherever your foot lands is, it doesn't matter really. It's not going to increase your risk of injury if you're a heel striker versus a forefoot striker. But if you're over striding, that is going to increase your risk of injury. So it's more where your foot is underneath your body that matters and less where you're actually hitting the ground with your foot, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I, so and my like, I watch too many YouTube videos. Let's be honest, and try to be the WebMD version of myself on YouTube. But like, is it kind of true that the reason that like trying to kind of land out land out in front of your hips is kind of like it's almost like tapping the brakes on your car when you're like going down a hill? Kind of like you're kind of stopping yourself, which is yeah. kind of loading things in a weird way. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah, I would say that's accurate. Okay, um, it puts more stress too on like hamstring knee, even like hip. It's just, yeah. Cause you're getting a little bit more force when you're overstriding like that.
0: Sure. Um,
1: but if you are landing more underneath yourself, and so then not overstriding, then you are putting, depending on if you're rear foot or forefoot, I will say you are putting stress on different parts of the body. Um, so this is one thing I thought was also really interesting is that, um, there are different common injuries between the two. Mm-hmm. So more rear foot strikers tend to have more injury in regards to you hear the knees, but even just more up the chain, um, kind of some hip thigh knee issues where when you're a forefoot striker, you tend, you're putting more stress into your foot and your ankle. So that's where you're going to get more kind of stress in those components. Uh, but the ultimate increase of like risk of injury doesn't go up if you're one versus the other. Like it's like the same amount. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so, that's super, you know, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely like I had both so I can just kind of raise my hand and go, hi, I, I did both of those things. Like when I was <laughs> when I was like over heel striking, I had I think some IT and some like mm-hmm. outer glute stuff. And then there was a point early last year where I, and I think maybe like this too is a good point of like pay attention every now and then not hyper-focus, but like just yeah, see yeah. what your foot is doing. Cause yeah, I had gotten to a place where I think I was like four foot running way too much, including on easy runs, which is just mm-hmm. like the least, I don't know, semi, maybe least productive thing you could do. And then I was getting tons of calf issues and, you know, chin splint type of stuff and, and all of those things. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I just, I, I am someone that has been way too mindful of those things. And this is why this topic interests me so much.
1: <laughs> no, exactly. And that's, I mean, as a PT and runner, especially when I was first starting out kind of it, cause I mean, my journey kind of began when I started PT it was when I started running. Um, I overanalyzed everything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely everything. Um, But basically, just now, obviously, like the more I've known and I have looked up and researched and stuff, it's when it comes down to it, you know, everyone moves different. Everyone has different bodies has different needs, you know. And so that's where you just have to know where your strengths and weaknesses kind of are, too. Because say you are like I run on my toes for the most part, but that's because I don't have the ankle mobility to or I didn't before to have a efficient heel strike.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I grew up dancing, so I move great in one direction with my mm-hmm. ankles. I don't move great in the other direction. So <laughs> um it was I ran on my toes because I didn't have that range of motion, which isn't mm-hmm. great. So you want to have obviously more dorsiflexion, you just want to have good range. Um obviously work on calves and not making sure they're not hard as a rock, like I right. <laughs> usually are. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's where there isn't a right or wrong answer. But if you're getting pain and if you're you think that your running technique could be improved, that's where I would say videotape yourself. Um, especially like slow motion video. And obviously the gold standard would be go see a professional and have them look at your gait pattern and analyze that. But obviously we don't all have access to that. So um, even just instead of just guessing, like get on your phone, do a slow-mo video, slow it down, really look and make sure that you're not only hitting the ground underneath yourself, but Mm -hmm. kind of check out to see um, also, you know, are your right foot and left foot doing the same thing, like things like that. Right, That's true. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I really do think there is something to be said for the point you made of like, in terms of the competitive type of thing, like there isn't a right or wrong way. And I think that that's often something that people get so hyper fixated on. I think there's probably eight bajillion YouTube videos out there now of like Kipchoge. And they're like, watch the graceful Kipchoge and become him. And (laughs) like, and you're like, no, like I don't run like, Kipchoge, I'm sorry. Um, and I I think, like, to some extent, there was a point maybe when I was battling with some of these issues and I was like, I guess he does have the world's perfect foot strike, so I should try and adjust mine to meet whatever criteria are, are being kind of suggested. And I don't know. I mean, whenever I kind of had, like, my little running reset in the past year, the first time I went back out to run, Bree, I kind of just was like shake everything out of my head. That is what I thought my running form was and just go run and yeah. don't like, and that's my natural running form. However, my body is going to run. I need to like shake off the, like with every step is my foot hitting the exact millimeter of my heel that I feel like it should. And like, am I the perfect shock absorber for all these things? Um, And is my arm carriage, like the exact thing that, all of the Nordic track and Peloton instructors tell you it should be because like Bridget Koske, who set the women's record in Chicago last year, her arm carriage is like the goofiest thing ever. And you're like, but everyone says that's not what I should do. So it's like it's a balance of like both trust yourself, but also like seek out advice from knowledgeable PTs and all of those things, whenever you do feel pain, because I think the biggest lesson I've taken away from all of this and both talking to you and learning my lessons over the past year is pain. Pain doesn't mean change your form. Pain means like seek out what's causing the pain and strengthen those things, I think is maybe like a healthy kind of underscore for me, at least in in this discussion.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I mean, we can go into like a whole nother discussion on just running form in general. But I think what you just said was the perfect example. Look at the elites. I mean, uh, Sarah Hall doesn't run the same as Des Linden. Like right. their form is completely different. Um, so in regards to like is one better than the other with foot strike? No. Um, you. Uh, there's also another article that I kind of looked at Um, that was – Looking at if changing mm-hmm. you from d- like a rear foot to a mid foot strike improves running economy. And really, no, like there was no conclusive evidence that said that it does help and it makes you more efficient and faster and everything. Like, no, as long as you are running how what's most efficient for you, that's yeah. really what's most important. And then obviously the overstriding component, like, yeah, like you said, if you're right. overstriding, you're putting brakes on that's not great. So that yeah. can go into like a whole nother category. But just in in regards to yeah, regular foot strike, there's nothing that really backs up that one is better than the other. Um, I know for even when I was back in, it was an undergrad because I got my undergraduate at Penn State in kinesiology and we had to do for biomechanics, we did some looking at like different foot strikes and patterns and stuff. And back then it was when that barefoot,
0: yeah, so was popular. like, yeah, yeah. so yeah. popular. Yep. Right.
1: Um, and so it's just it's interesting because even since that, I mean, I'm not that old. Like that was back in like <laughs> <laughs> like early 2010s. But like since then, things have changed, and that ev- like there's actual now we've done more evidence and stuff and mm-hmm. our more research. Um, so not saying that you know. The, That's again, a whole nother topic, the barefoot running thing, but um, the purpose of that was to get people to run more on their forefoot. um, Saying that there was less uh, force that was going through the joints. If you were a forefoot striker, that was the idea. Um, But you know, now that we're looking at it more like there's inconclusive evidence that there's any advantage to it. Um, Also just looking at long distance runners, it was interesting because as you continue to go, and I'm sure some of you, I don't know, I feel this as I get fatigued. I tend to move more into a rear foot pattern, yeah, mm-hmm. um, than forefoot. And yeah. they were seeing that with more like elite runners too. It's the same thing. I think it's just as we fatigue, maybe our mm-hmm. calves can't hold it up anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, there's yeah. a lot you could say that way. But um, I thought that was kind of interesting too that it changes based off of how long you're running, your fatigue levels, all of that. Um, and then as we said earlier, the faster someone runs, if you're getting into a sprint, you're going to be more four foot. That's just how right. our bodies work. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. I, I think, that's a really excellent kind of summarization of this whole thing. And it speaks to, I, I literally just told Bree before we pushed record on this one today of like, I was getting tired during my run today and I started kind of shuffling and kind mm-hmm. of like striking yeah. a little bit different. And then further trying to evaluate my foot strike and being like, don't evaluate, maybe just stand up, take a deep breath and get back to my regular form of running rather than mm-hmm. being like, how can I change my entire gait to get through this last part of my my run because I'm tired? Maybe it's mm-hmm. just take a breath of fresh air, stand up and try to focus on your own form again.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um,
0: yeah, okay. <laughs> well, listen. This is exactly what we're here for. It's quick. I think Bree has outlined all kinds of awesome stuff. And that's the whole point of this for everyone out there is I can speak to my own kind of personal thing as I was getting into running. I think we all just love to like try and be a sponge to the sport. And so we end up watching our friends run, watching elites run over diagnosing our own problems to some extent and it usually from my perspective has just led to a lots of injuries and lots of time off. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. Blair well, I won't... think
1: we're all like trying to improve, right? We all yeah. have like goals and dreams and aspirations and like, how do we become a better version of ourselves? And we're like inundated with all this information. Right. So it's hard mm-hmm. to kind of filter out like what to believe and what not to believe. So I think these episodes will be really great for people to get like actual evidence-based like research and information mm-hmm. from
0: a professional about what works and what doesn't yeah
1: happy to help we're happy to have you there it
0: is <laughs> yeah when we finished our episode with you Bree, i remember we all got done recording that and then i was like <sighs> We need more Brie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's yes. just
1: so many questions. I think that it'll be nice to kind of like debunk or whatever, yeah. kind of figure out together so Absolutely. that we can give like absolute data and information to people so they can use it as they wish. 100%. Yeah, and I'm all about that. I mean, even mm-hmm. as just a a medical provider, like mm-hmm. D, it's, I dislike almost when I'm given like so much information mm-hmm. that there is no concrete answer. It's like, just yeah. give me the, Give me that That's summary. Standard. Give me that abstract. Yeah. <laughs> right. I do love an abstract. It, <laughs> right. It's almost
0: kind of like uh, <laughs> it's like a pseudo therapy session. Like it's physical therapy, but it's like I need you to just tell me the Cliff honestly, version. <laughs> honestly what you're doing. I yes. don't need yeah. all of the things that you think you're doing. I just need the parts that you're actually doing. Because yeah. <laughs> yes, yep. Well. <laughs> Thank you so much for episode one. I think that this is a fantastic topic. I know, as I've said five times in this, I I did all of these things. I thought I needed to change all the stuff and do all the things. And then ultimately, I was kind of like, I'll just ask a person who knows Actually information and stuff. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> thank,
0: you. Yeah. thank you for shedding some light on what has been a controversial topic in my own head.
1: <laughs> no, so any time, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was also, this is just a random, not random. It's actually, it has to do with what we're talking <laughs> about. But um, one last little fact yes. is that if you are going to say like record yourself running on a treadmill, that it actually takes, it's like six mm-hmm. to seven minutes of running on a treadmill to normalize your gait pattern. Mm-hmm. So don't oh, hop on a treadmill point. and just record the first minute. Because that's not quite going to be as accurate as what your gait pattern really is. So give yourself a little bit of a warm up, like before you start to do like do the recording and see exactly how you're running. Just that's, that's a great a, tip. Yeah, yeah. That's a really that's great awesome. tip. Yeah. Cause that's I would totally awesome.
0: just push play. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for episode one. I think this is great.
1: No problem. Thanks for having me. This is gonna be fun. I'm excited.
0: Yeah. All right. And if anyone out there, we're gonna yeah. I'm gonna to try to wrap with this every time. If anyone out there has questions, yep. not for me, for no. Bree. For Brie. Mm-hmm. Brie Bri has the <laughs> answers. Please feel free to uh, DM us or anything like that. And and we'll definitely try to get to the bottom of any of those questions. So thanks. Yes. Thanks again for doing for doing this.
1: Of course. Yeah. Don't hesitate to reach out here to answer any questions.
0: <laughs> All right. Until next time, everybody. Thanks for listening to For Your Run, a podcast brought to you by For The Run. Special thanks goes out to all of our supporters on Patreon, whose contributions and support help us put this all together and get it out into your ears. If you're interested in becoming a member of the For Your Run pod family, you can learn more at patreon.com slash for your run. We hope this has been a pleasant break in your day and we look forward to you bringing us along for your next run or whatever it is you have going on in your life. Till next time, run with heart and we'll talk to you soon.